Hey, mates, if you're in Melbourne, you have four chances to see us do this same kind of stupid dickheadery every Sunday night of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It kicks off on March the 27th. We've got live podcasts every Sunday afternoon at Five Burrows with huge special guests lined up, and we've also got our own solo shows every night of the festival. All the information and tickets is at littledumdumclub.com, and hopefully we'll see you there. Hey mates, welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasilo. Sitting opposite me, the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day dickhead. Big thanks to everyone who came down to the Brisbane show. Uh, Lots of fun and tickets on sale now for all the Melbourne stuff. Uh, If you liked that episode, get on it. Yeah, excellent. Hey, um, this is something that happened to me yesterday. I... And you you probably get a little bit of this. This is this is nothing compared to what our you know our, our guest that is still yet untitled uh, would get. But what we uh, what I, I think you and I would get you'd get the occasional recognition on the street. I get a lot for some reason. We're at my house today recording this yeah. at my house. I get a lot on Riversdale Road, which yeah. is out where I live. Yeah, all our fans for some reason seem to live near you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a lot of particularly people yelling at me out of cars and whatever. So I was just up the street. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago and I'm catching the tram because I'm so used to people recognising me on this street for some reason I uh, I got on the tram and this and I'm sort of in the habit and this guy sort of came up to me and went hey as I've got my headphones on he's like hey, hey and just really got out of his way to go hey 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 and I'm like oh yeah yeah cool cool man yeah and then um, I saw him I sort of went to him oh so you're a big um you listen to the show? And he goes, what? <laughs> and then just didn't say anything. And I went, oh, okay. And I just sat down. And then I watched him do the same thing to everyone that got onto the tram. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, he's not a podcast fan. He's just crazy. Yeah, or, or everyone on that tram had a podcast. Yeah, You're yeah. on there with like Will Anderson and <laughs> yeah, Dave Mark Anthony. Maron. I was sitting with yeah. Mark Maron. Yeah. Well, I kind of had the opposite. On the when we, when we did the live Brisbane show, I got the train and I kind of ran a little bit later than I wanted to. So I got the train and I got off at the station near the venue and I was kind of walking up the street with all these people. I was like, this is a weird kind – of, it's kind of like a secluded street. And I'm walking along and I'm like, oh, it's kind of this weird kind of group of us all heading in the same direction. And then one person goes, Tommy. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're going to the podcast. And then all these other people are like, yeah, we're going too. So it was me with this flock of like ten people yeah. just leading them to my own gig. <laughs> just sort of trying to make chit-chat before the show. It was yeah. really weird, like yeah. the Pied Piper of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, me just walking with mental people going, do you want to come as well? <laughs> just These are my fans. Oh, I'll give you an autograph, yeah. guys. <laughs> Um, today on the show, we're very excited about this guest. Uh, he, you know him from uh, everything. He needs no introduction. Please welcome into Little Dum Dum Club, Jim Owen. Yeah. Thank you very much, fellas. Thank you for being here. This is exciting. No, no, it's a pleasure. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I've been hassling your management for ages and ages. No, I'm me. Yeah, I'm and, me. and you. But <laughs> your management actually just came through with a podcast, uh, with a podcast, with an email this morning, going, "Oh, we haven't forgotten you. We'll have to." Uh, Get Jamal onto your show one day, and I'm like, yeah, one day. <laughs> I won't well, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. That day is today. Yeah. I didn't know you were hostile. You know, it sounds like I'm very, you know, organised. I've got management, but you know, you normally 
talk to me directly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have stuck with that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Listeners, sweet shout out. Carl yeah. has Jamoan's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> They're just chatting it up. Yeah. Texting Everyone. recipes back and forth. Yeah. Um, Jamon, you, you're like a, you're like, you're, you, you know, you've been a big name in comedy for so long and you're also a very recognisable person. You must get a lot of kind of like hit up in the street action from people, I presume. Yeah. I think always, the, the first time is always the most memorable. Right. Um, but then I go to the UK and I'm not really known there. So I go and I spend quite a lot of time there. Yeah. So I would go from being recognised to not being recognised. It's or, like comedy witness protection. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I and then I sort of realised the difference between the two. I realised that, the, you know, how ridiculous it is. I think some people that live in a world where they just get recognised all the time then start to think that's the norm. But yeah. then when you realise it's just a handful of people that know you. I don't know what I'm saying here. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> what do you? But yes, I do get recognised. What do yeah. you? What, what? What's the? What's the Jamon reaction for people? Do they? Do they like? They expect you to. Even if they're girls or the boys. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line there, really. Yeah. Because you do a lot of kind of like quite like your your material is like uh, like a lot of it's quite short. I would say like it's very um like I imagine you must get a lot of like like. Later at night, drunk people yeah, kind do of it, doing bits back to you, I imagine, would happen a fair bit. That's when you get people come up to you on a Friday night or Saturday night when they're drunk. But people kind of leave you alone. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a guy in the supermarket with his friend, two blokes that were kind of just doing the shopping for some reason in a really bored fashion. And I went past him <laughs> with a trolley, uh, very much in shopping mode with that, you know, that kind of peering, teeth out peering look, yeah, yeah. looking for something. Yeah. And um, as I went Past, I heard one of them say to the other guy, it's Jamone. And then I realized I, the thing I was kind of looking for might have possibly been in that queue, in that aisle. So I've gone back and he didn't hear the guy saying, There's Jamone. And, and now I'm standing behind him and he went, What? <laughs> and he goes, What did you just say? And the guy's pretending to look. He goes, what, what are you doing? You said something. I didn't hear what you said. I'm not asking you to say what it was that you just said. What are you looking at me like that for? What did you just say? I didn't hear what you said. Of course, I'm loving this. I'm kind of really, really, really hanging around these kind of beans just to make it as awkward as possible. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Do, so, do you have people like, you know, with someone like a... Uh, you, you know, like singers, people would come up to singers and go, oh, come on, just give us a tune or whatever. So Tell the people, yeah, people yeah. come up to you with just find whatever's in their pockets and go, oh, you must have something about this. Just <laughs> yeah. Car keys. What's the Jamon take on car keys? <laughs> yeah, 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 That is the most commonest thing. I'm, I'll, I will be honest, that's the bit where a part of you does glaze over. <laughs> but then you realise that everybody gets that. Like, I was talking to that guy that does the weather for Channel 10. What's his name that does that? Oh, room? Mike Larkin? Is that him? No. Who's he? I think it's Mike. Is he only Mike Larkin? Yeah, Mike Larkin on Is Channel 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he does that real quick piece to camera. Uh, He's the last person. The He's the last person that cares about the weather. Everyone else just gets supermodels now. <laughs> he goes, uh, oh, yeah, how's the weekend shaping up? That's what people always just come up to him <laughs> yeah. and say. Yeah, yeah, how's yeah. the weekend shaping yeah. up? Doctors, you know, I've got, some, I've got a lot of rash here. What's this? You know, <laughs> yeah. Stock exchange. <laughs> Any hot tips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. Everyone wants something for free. Everybody. Yeah. Well, everybody. And then nobody wants to really talk about their work, so... Because you kind of, when you relax, you want to switch off from that thing. But I got a guy, I was in the toilet having a piss, and people are coming up going, Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> here, here, uh, 
I tell you, I tell you a joke, I tell you a joke, and I'm like, mate, I'm going to the toilet, just back off, back <laughs> off. And this old guy, uh, he wasn't drunk, but he was kind of looking at me, and then he washed his hands, but kept looking at me, <laughs> and then dried his hands. He goes, you must just get people non-stop telling you jokes, and here, here I'm thinking I've got, you know, someone I can confide in. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> and he goes... Here's one for you. <laughs> Strained it. Like, you didn't even miss a beat. You do get a couple of good ones. I mean, I got this guy, uh, uh, wife says, uh, husband says to wife, uh, put your coat on. And she goes, are we going out? He goes, no, I'm going to the pub and I'm turning the heat off. <laughs> and that's about it. That was the only joke yeah. I got from someone. The rest of them, I've heard them all and before. In which public toilet did you hear that one? Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, in a casino in a... a, a in Melbourne Casino, walking through the corridor. Oh, very nice. And you know, you can, I do, uh, can I say this? I have an um, I have a terrible memory mm-hmm. for names. I try to remember. Tommy, I don't know your surname. I heard it there, but I, you know, I tried to. Yeah, that's fine. Abs- it's fake anyway. Yeah, abs- he made it up. Absorb <laughs> it. But yes, there you go. I just I'm no good with uh, with names, but I have a great memory for jokes. Yeah. To the point where I can remember who told me the joke, and where I was when I heard that joke. That joke becomes set in that environment. I think that's how you remember things in general anyway but I'm trying to well, hey, when better you, my memory so, but my ability to remember jokes when you and heard if that I was joke, telling jokes if somebody was telling me jokes if you were telling a joke I would remember a joke off the back of that joke oh right I wouldn't remember all, all of them in a line but that would spark a thought that would get another joke going so if you, you could do a whole stand up set where it's just like Jimmy at the pub 27th of August Barry at the 7-Eleven 30th September. You wouldn't you need the name a, of the joke. You just need to have the name of the you person. You should do a yes. joke. The location. Oh, who told me that joke? Yeah, I can yeah. tell you the, the jokes that certain people told me. Bob Franklin once quizzed me on this. And I said, yeah. And he goes, that joke I told you about, um, oh, there's a joke about a guy, farmer moves into a farm and then the next door neighbour comes up and says, just thought I'd say hello, make you feel at home and invite you to a party at my house tonight. And he goes, oh, a party, that's nice. Um... Uh, he goes, what kind of party? He goes, you know, just a party, a bit of drinking, a bit of music, and some drugs, and, you know, a bit of casual sex. <laughs> Fantastic. It's my kind of party. He says, um, he says what time do you get there? He says, oh, about 7.38. He goes, well, should I dress up? He goes, no, 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 wear whatever you want. It's just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> you could do like... Bob told me that joke on stage in London uh, when we were doing the cooking show props. And uh, he went, yeah, you're right. That's right. That's exactly where we were. You could do like, you know, Elvis Costello does the, what does he do? The, the wheel? The spinning the, wheel. The spinning wheel. You could yeah. do like a tour where it's like you, you have your audience in and you have a map and someone just throws a pin at the map and then yeah. you go to that location and you do a joke that oh, you yeah, heard in that location. Yeah, 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 that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. It's like a, Atlas comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a show right there. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> a million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's a lot in jokes. I did uh, a film where... The first time I went to the effort of writing one and sort of getting into that world and then sort of realising it for what it was, people would, you know, uh, tell it, you know, you've got to pitch a film, what the can, pitch a film, what's the film about? What's the, and then by the end of it, they go, you've got to be able to pitch it in, uh, you know, in a couple of sentences. You, you start talking, I start talking about the crack, and the guy goes, it's a road movie. It's a, it's a venture of two guys. And then I went, 
all right, I'll tell you a joke that will be better than any of your movies. <laughs> I will tell you a joke, a simple one-line joke that will just twist. Like, like you can do a three-hour movie and, it'll, and that joke will sum up your three-hour movie <laughs> and be more interesting and be funnier, you know, because I think there's a lot in jokes uh, yeah. in as much as they're kind of twisted and, you know, the fact that someone laughs, it caught them by surprise. And, uh, you know, people suspend disbelief when they sort of, Sometimes you know. Sometimes when you hear a joke, sometimes people tell you a joke, but you've got the wrong head on. You think they're telling a story. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, hang on, start. When was this? And then you, my mum used to always do that. Start again now. Who are these boys? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what my mum will do. If she ever sees me do a gig, and that's very rare, she won't say anything after the gig. She won't even say it's good or whatever. But two weeks later, she'll just go, like, I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm just going out for a sandwich. And she'll be like, yeah, like the duck sandwich you had in that joke two weeks ago. And I'll be like, oh, you were listening. It was just, it was just like a shopping list for you, though. It wasn't, like, funny or worth commenting on. It yeah, was but just they something. think it's ridiculous their children getting up and doing this and trying to sort of appeal to all these kids of their own generation you know like the whole thing's a joke really yeah and parents have a real like johnny rotten even mentioned it in his book that he just couldn't do a gig with his mum in the audience right. the even, even he <laughs> yeah well you know i would say that uh, johnny rotten would probably be one of my most uh comedic influences oh yeah the sex pistols i thought their take on rock and roll was the funniest thing <laughs> in fact that was the first time i tuned in to comedy because i thought that this was a joke really i thought it was all a more than, you know, the stand-alone people like uh, uh, Tommy Cooper, who I really liked, but, you know, uh, all the people that you were told were stand-ups, yeah, yeah. Uh, where I liked the fact that this was a pop group, but I found it, you know, exceptionally funny. Yeah, Sid, uh, Sid Vicious was all about what was in your third draw down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely see that's influential. Yeah, rock and roll, he had safety pins, <laughs> syringe needles, well, heroin. You talk, you talk about music and you mentioned your film The Crack before. The Crack was maybe, I think might have been one of the first, the soundtrack to it was maybe one of the first CDs I bought with my own money. Oh, wow. That's a great, that was a really great soundtrack. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? The... Uh, the, the, that period of, of music wasn't really fashionable, but um, when it's fashionable, you just can't afford it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And that we were on a cheap budget, but I really loved that. But also, it was the fact that the characters were coming to Australia with tapes, and that would have been the tapes that they had, because that was literally the tape. That was the music that I had. That was the music I grew up with, which was the Stranglers, which was that punk era, 1977, 1978. Those were the first. Albums I bought, Rats Navigigus, No More Heroes. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of little silly punk songs in there as well that were well, that from um, the Ruts uh, that had these songs which have amazing starts. Yeah. Or an amazing middle eighth or something that was amazing about the song, but the song in its entirety was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But had this, like, uh, Alternative Ulster had that. A beautiful rift at the start. No, we got no, to pay for this now. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I'd like to think. But then that was it. The song, but in a, in a movie, that would all, that would be all you would That's need. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't even need ten seconds. Well, like, I, I like the, the idea that people are doing that with your routines. So back at you, it's like, oh, yeah, I like that bit at the end. That was really funny. The first and the second <laughs> bit. Weren't funny at all. What's that in there for? I laughed at the last bit. <laughs> but that's... See, there's another thing, because people uh, have access to comedy. Like, doing comedy used to be that... Th well, how do you do that? But 
getting into a band. Oh yeah, you get a bunch of your mates, you get into a garage, uh, and you. But now people know how to do comedy. Now yeah. Oh, yeah. you go, you go, and you go to uh, try out night, and you get bits. And I was getting the phone, and the guy goes, "I've got a good bit on." I go, "Do you stand up?" He goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "But it's a bit, you know, for a conversation like stand up, like." Yeah, and people have bits that they don't even do stand up, like like they have a song. <laughs> you, know, you know the worst bit is in in comedy when um, you see people start to come along to gigs regularly. You got your regular mm. comedy fans, and you sort of go, oh, "Oh, great, you're coming along." Re-. Well, some of them, some of them. <laughs> no, they know all your stuff. That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they come along, and you go, "Oh, good on you. You come out to comedy all the time." And then they go, "Yeah, I'm going to do comedy now." And you're like, "No, don't. Uh, yeah. Stay on that side of the fence. Yeah. We need there's you too many over on there. this side. Yeah, we need you there more than we need you over here. I can spot those from a mile off." <laughs> 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 they come up all sheepish and there's kind of awkward silences and then they're talking about something then I'll go, you want to do stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. I was yeah. hanging out with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Henry, a friend of ours who's a, a comic uh, and we are hanging out with his housemate. Me and Henry were talking about like coming up with bits and ideas for jokes and stuff and his housemate doesn't do comedy. So we like me and Henry are going, oh, you know, you have an idea for a bit like this and... Then we sort of got on to talking about the housemate and his girlfriend at the time and stuff. And he goes, yeah, you know, I, I, I try out most of my material on my girlfriend. And we're like, material for what? You're just a dude. Like, what are you, what are you trying out on her? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I just got swept up in the conversation. <laughs> just just, just test, testing it out for the civilian gala. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, I, no, I'm of the opposite opinion of you, Carl. I think that it's nice that, you know, like I think if you play cricket, then you appreciate cricket. Yeah. You know, I, I've never played cricket, so I find it hard to, to appreciate. I think if you sort of do something, then you can see what's been done and then you can understand that, oh, yeah, that person's good or they're just using that technique of getting everybody riled up and they've got lots of charm, but they're not really a good stand-up. So then they can see it really for what it is more often. But that's bad. <laughs> yeah. No, no, then that really helps the audience. The audience are really, you know, oh, yeah, they're into, you know, they're into it. And it's like a bungee jump to give it a go. Yeah. It doesn't I, mean they necessarily have to do it all the time. I've seen that where the audience go, yeah, I want to do stand-up. Uh, you, they watch it, watch it as a good audience member, then they do stand-up. And they do badly at stand up, and then they they never go back to the audience. You <laughs> yeah. can't go back. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. You, you die on stage. You go, nah, fuck this whole thing. Yeah. I don't want to be reminded of this ever again. I'm gonna get into fire breathing now. I'm gonna go and watch that instead. Yeah, yeah. when we did the star and when we ran the room at the star and garter, um, it was always good to have tryouts because they would bring a handful of friends yeah. as well. That was also yeah. a big part of just and bringing that, an audience. Half the audience had come along. With the triads. Yeah. And that's where you... Did you used to live upstairs at yeah. Star and Garda? So yeah. that was one of like the legendary, um, I guess, first stand-up rooms in Melbourne or sort of... Yeah. No, there on, was a, a strong history in cl- a few clubs, but that was a kind of um, one of those early rooms. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely... The, uh, the, was it the Prince of Wales? It was uh, a regular room. Uh, and of course, there was The Last Laugh, which had a joke, yeah, which yeah, was the sure. real... Home for a lot of stand-up, uh, and then there was uh, the comedy club, which had uh, you know, it started off getting American big American acts, but then it ended up regularly running a lot of you know Australian acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, we ran it on a Thursday night, and uh, oh, so you ran your own night at the Star and Go. Yeah, yeah, right. What happened was, uh, 
when I came out here, a mate of mine, he came out at the same time, they bought into a pub in South Melbourne, Star and Garter, and uh, I turned up to come and stay with him. I was pub going, oh, this is a nightmare, they're all villains. There you go, you know, someone pulled a gun on someone. Oh, really? Like, oh, there was a night, absolute nightmare, you know. <laughs> the Wall Street murderers were that were all tied in with it. The uh, the families were just, she's telling me that. I'm looking across the room, everyone's in suits. And I'm, I said to them, they don't look too bad. They're kind of like packed, they're all drinking, packed full of suits. He goes, they're just coming back from a murder trial. They've been in court <laughs> all, right. all day. Yeah. They've just come back for a murder trial. He got off for the murder charge. And I'm like, the next day I saw them in all their glory. There were unbelievable fights in that pub. And you went, this looks like a good place for a comedy room. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had to pull our weight because we were living upstairs. So in order to stay in the room, uh, you know, we had to contribute to, and I said, I'll run a comedy night. And uh, it, it came in two waves. It sort of, it did start it off when we first did it. I got Jeff Stilson. I was doing the comedy club and I tried to talk him in. To, just come down. We did, no way would he do it. And then I thought, well, we're all going for a drink. So I sort of conjoled him into even turning up and got him in the door. Bobby Franklin's on this guy called Bobo's got his knob out <laughs> <laughs> on stage. Just some guy out of the audience just got up and dropped his trousers, massive beer belly. <laughs> And Bobby's holding the mic to his... Like, it's just chaos. <laughs> Everyone's really laughing, mind you. Everyone's really laughing. Jeff still no way am I getting on. Absolutely no way. Anyway, we got him on. They loved him. And they yeah. loved all the stand-ups. And they they really, you know, um, they you know really took to it. And then there was a period of there was, there was acts they'd never seen anybody. And they were all into it. And then that kind of sort of died away. And then I spent maybe six months really trying to build it up again. And then it just came good. It became regular uh, on a Thursday night. Like It was one of those things that you, I'm sure you know with, with, with the waviness of sure. the club being really popular and dropping away. Yeah. And then, you know, that's the comedy lounge today. You know, the yeah, comedy yeah. lounge today was born from the Star and Garter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you said these un- unbelievable fights back then because I've heard stories of Star and Garter of uh, – Jamoan's prowess at a fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> we never, never, never mess with Jamoan. Like, uh, you know, there'd be something, someone would drop a glass, and before they've even, before it's hit the floor, there's Jamoan with a broken pool cue <laughs> against their neck going, might want to pick up your lemonade there, mate. No, I did hit a guy with a pool cue once, but that was fair enough. He had, uh, it was one of the, a full on brawl broke out with these guys that were, you know, uh, I think one of them was involved with being part of the Wall Street murder gang and uh, and the police were called they turned like well, a big full on bar fight but uh, this guy knocked my f- the guy that owned the pub knocked him out and I was I was picking him up he hit me and closed my eye and then um, he hit this old guy who was about 80 just came over hey come on and just knocked him out cold <laughs> and he was massive so I went over and got a pool cue and, uh, <laughs> broke the end of it and then um, came back uh by the time i came back he had bitten another guy's ear off <laughs> he'd locked onto a guy so i hit him on the back of the head while he had locked onto this guy's ear hang on i drifted off for a while this is a guy on stage this was his act right this no. is a this is an open <laughs> mic this is, this just, is an open mic <laughs> this is just a friday night that was you know because we lived in the pub we were always there and uh they had this f- back room which we were trying to run 
comedy nights. There was a trivia night. There was, you know, they were just making an effort to get a function room going. Just but in the front bar, the fighting. is this back when you used to do gigs in the Wild West? Because this is <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was the wildest fight I'd ever been in my life, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, it just turned into to, to an almighty brawl. Well, Chandler, there's a lesson in this. I mean, this is the Star and Garter and people are, you know, this room still has a legacy decades on. So if you want Five Burrows to live on, your comedy yeah. gig in this kind of legacy, yeah. you just need to go down to court and start handing out flyers after some murder yeah, trials. Yeah. Get, get some, some good bare-knuckle brawls going yeah, on down there in the breaks. Break mm. up some fights, hit some people over the head with a game of Yahtzee. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to come down tonight and just start clocking people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of war passed under the bridge since then but I couldn't go back to the Star and Garter I was actually living in a flat around the corner at that stage but um, I couldn't I couldn't go back there for months because I had you know they were coming in on the following day who was the guy with the pool cue <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the worst when people when people are just watching a fight and then they think that they can do the fight as well so they want to get into it and you're like now nah, we've got enough people fighting we need people on the yeah. other side just watching the fight and then you then the, you're telling off the star and garner owners but because they're billing you on the Thursday night Jamal come and see Jamal the guy with the pool cue ah <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> I, I got rid of the pool cue because the police turned up. One of them dropped his truncheon, so I picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> they can really, they're really hard. <laughs> they really hurt. They yeah. really hurt. One of the great prop comics you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, man, I'm fascinated with the idea of living above a pub. I've always wanted to live above a pub or yeah. a shop or I've just, yeah. Have you ever been in a fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever yeah. been in a physical fight? You've, you've asked me that many times on this podcast. Have I really? One of them was like four weeks ago, yeah. Really? Yeah, I was in a fight at a at a party once um, when I was in like probably about grade 11, year 11. We were, in a, we were at a friend's party in like a backyard and there were these guys there that I'd met before and gotten on well with and they were just pissed and they were just being like re- – they were just kind of sitting in the corner of the party being real assholes to everyone. Just like people would walk past and they'd just like spit on them and they were like – I had a hat on, they took my hat off and they're like burning cigarettes on it. Just being real, just like kind of cartoon style bullies. And so Riverdale High. Riverdale bullies. Yeah, 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 yeah. In their varsity jackets and stuff. And yeah. I'd met these guys a couple of times and gotten on well with them and I was like, What's going on here? I thought I was mates with these dudes. And so at the end of the night, I'd kind of had enough. So I just went up and went, Guys, what like what are you doing? Like why have you turned up like you're seventeen? Like why are we acting like this at a at a backyard party? And then one of them just kind of came up all front and was sort of like, oh, what, man, you want to start something? You want to start something? And then this, it was kind of like this, like people gathered around us. Like, again, classic high school movie stuff. Like there's this crowd yeah, of yeah. people and I'm going, man, you're just being a fucking idiot. And everyone, everyone knows it. Like, what are you doing? And then everyone's like, ooh. And he was like, you want to start something? Yeah, it was, there was, I could be building this up in my head, but it, it you know, it felt no, like. That's what you do. Hey? You do that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. What's the age where you stop doing that? I haven't yeah, done it. I haven't, I haven't done an ooh in a long time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he just kind of was like, go on, you know, you want to fight? You want to fight, Rhett? So I just kind of went, like, I just sucker punched him. I just went bang on the, on the oh, really? side of the head. Yeah. And he went down and then I just kind of, there, and then the, that's when the ooh really went up to another level. And then I just kind of went, I'd better get out of here. And I just like walked out the front door and then never spoke or heard from that guy again. Awesome. And, yeah. Um, just, uh, That's just, the way you want face to be, isn't it? Yeah. Just a quick ad for everyone who wants to come down to Five Burrows Comedy next week to see Jamal and take on Tommy Daslow in the <laughs> yeah. prize fight. Yeah. <laughs> you can all do it. 
<laughs> one of those nights. <laughs> Ooh, comedy. I don't know how we'll spell that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So that's the only like kind of closest thing I've been to, uh, into a fight was just me sucker punching someone. Stories dated very badly. What with all the things about coward punches being in the news, it yeah. sort of makes yeah. me out to be. Uh, Thirteen. Yeah. I was at thirteen, and then all the fights stopped. And I think that fight in Star and Garter would have been probably one of the only fights I'd been in since right. I was thirteen. There might have been a couple, but not many. Yeah, I I I remember a friend of mine that was like, uh, I think he had a thing about girls' arms. He really liked girls' arms, and his <laughs> girlfriend, her, she he didn't like her arms, so he used to he would cajole her into going to the gym by saying, "What if you ever need to be in a fight, <laughs> or?" We're, on, we're walking on a rope bridge and fell off and had to cling to the rope bridge. <laughs> that was his weird way of getting his his girlfriend to go to the gym and wake and work out. A fight or clinging for life from a rope bridge. I don't know how often she was getting in a fight or walking on a rope bridge. Yeah. Well, so. you get on, you get into a fight on a rope bridge. Yeah. That's like <laughs> do double. You know, do you know that joke? Um, uh, guy, policeman says to the guy, "Why do you keep beating your wife up?" Oh, I just think I'm quicker on my feet. I've got a longer reach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a better boxer all right. <laughs> so Terrible, isn't it? When you first that came to That was Chris Lagan and uh, Byron Bay told me, I jump. Oh, there you go. It's hey. In the Byron Bay RSL toilets. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, when you first came to Australia, so... You're the the story was you were a building surveyor, I think? Um, yeah, well, I did uh, uh, what they call a higher national diploma uh, at a university, which is, they were polytechnics then, so it's one down from a degree. Uh, and you can, if you do the extra years, three years, if you do the four years, you get your degree. But after the three years, uh, I finished and came out here, which was in building management, so I was able to get a residency through that. Yeah, right. Which was great. Yeah. And I worked in construction for uh, a period of uh, two years. But the first year, I just worked on the tools. I worked as a carpenter. Right. And then, then the second year, I had to apply for my residency. So I worked uh, as a, a QS. That was second on the list. French pastry chefs were number one. <laughs> right. And hairdressers were like in the top five. I don't know where, but doctors weren't. You know, they weren't even needing doctors. But there was... And, you know, people will do this. Uh, Matt King, for example, he became a chef, came to Australia, went back. So what do they need in Australia? Chef. So he did a course to be a chef and then came back and got his residency. So there were different, uh, and, and it's an ever-changing thing. But, yeah, I happened to have a qualification that was accepted. So I was a QS, yes and no. All right. I was going to say, did you? is that why you only go by the first name, Jamal, now just so you, they can't find you to deport you? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the crack was based on a flat that I lived in, which was full of illegal immigrants. Yeah, right. And uh, and that was great um, because it was so simple to write, right? But you, but you know. Yeah. And we did the premiere out. All, all these mates, of mine, they came up. We're all standing at the front, and immigration officers, like, because immigration officers in Sydney, their, their head office is a above the mercantile pub, which is full of illegal immigrants. Yeah. All they have to do is go downstairs. With a big net. And that's yeah. it. Sweep them up. A net attached to a pool cue, beat them up and catch yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But they were standing going, we're immigration. We're exactly what the people know. That's what we do. And I'm talking. We're standing and there's maybe seven or eight of us. And we're all laughing, looking, big eyes. (laughs) They're all illegal, like the old seven or eight guys I'm talking to. We're all illegal. I wasn't, but the rest of them were. So, yeah, it was um, life 
imitating art? I was uh, about two years ago, I was looking for a place to live and I was quite desperate. So I was just going on Gumtree and following up any ads I found. And I found this big share house that was pretty cheap um, in kind of like uh, Royal Park, kind of like near the hospital, but like in the middle of, in this weird kind of resident. Like, anyway, I turn up and the interview, it's like eight bedrooms and. This, uh, I think it was this British guy who was showing me around and it was like that. It was like everyone in there was from somewhere else and I was like, oh, I get what's going on here. This is a this is a house full of people who are – like it would be so weird me living there. Like I've lived in Melbourne my whole life. I'm living in this like flat full of like yeah, yeah. just these like Brazilian dudes and like Irish – an Irish couple. They've and, got like, an excuse yeah. for living like shit but you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was like I was so desperate that I was like – and they offered it to me and I was so close to taking it just because I had like nowhere else to do it. And I was like this would be insane. And it was like a pretty – it was a big house but it was like – yeah, there was just shit everywhere. It was like a pretty dirty place. Like, but I love the idea of immigration coming around one day and me just in the corner going, "Yeah, go get them, boys." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but man, they I'll- they do that's a lot in backpackers. You know, if you go to a backpackers uh, up and down the coast, mm. there will be one lonely guy in the middle of it all who's Australian. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have I said this on the show before? But I know I used to go to school with a guy who um, would uh, go to a backpackers on a weekend. Uh, in Melbourne and pretend he was from um, France <laughs> and put on a French accent to pick up girls and uh, to look, you know, international, to look foreign and look attractive. The thing was, he was already from um, like Papua New Guinea or something. He was already <laughs> from somewhere else. He was already international. And in a backpack, that's like more exotic than yeah, just yeah. being French or yeah. whatever. Just a bit of cultural cringe in his behalf, isn't it? <laughs> It was really strange. I, I had friends of mine who went out and pretended to be – they pretended to be Irish or something one night to pick up girls and they they did a they, – they would have done a, an awful job of the accent but they still – one of them managed to pick up a girl and went back to her place and then like they're getting into it and almost immediately he's let it drop. He's like, you know, he's done the accent all the way up to this point and then – they start getting into it and he's like, oh, geez, this is bloody all right, isn't it? And she's like, what? wait, where'd the accent go? And he's like, oh, oh I mean... Uh, yeah. This I, is uh, a character I do uh, from time to time. I pretend to be Australian. When I bring out a bit of the ochre and she's yeah. just like, ah, whatever, we're here now. Let's yeah, go you, for it. Yeah, no one's ever gone to anyone. <laughs> Can you talk dirty to, to me in bed? Can you talk Australian? <laughs> the bloody language of love, isn't it, mate? Yeah. But, uh, what I don't mind the Australian accent. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's sexy. Yeah. For, someone, you, <laughs> for, some, for yeah. someone who's lived here this long, like you, you've done very well to hold on to your like. Yeah. You've still got a very thick Irish accent for someone who's. Yes, I have, but I think you have to make a conscious effort to, to lose it, and That's I true. haven't really done that. There are certain places, like if you go to New York, they just—it's like another language. They just do not get different accents. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then you. You know, and it's such a pain in the ass to just to continually repeat yourself without any sense of there being some sort of charm and you being from another country. Excuse me, what are you saying? Sorry, I'm not getting this. What, what, so, and then you'd have to say certain things in a certain way. But And England's a bit like that too. But uh, Australia, you know, and it was an asset, so you wouldn't sort of... Yeah, Samson never cut his hair, you know. Well, I when I was in I was I in really LA. Liked Samson's hair, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it looked nice. <laughs> really black. It was dyed too, wasn't it? 
That must have been a pretty uh, awful conversation with the the barber. Uh, big weekend, mate. Um, I don't touch it. I was in I was in LA because uh, <laughs> they always cut it too short, don't they? <laughs> I was in LA a couple of months ago, just for a couple of weeks, and I more than anything got people going. Like cab drivers and stuff, I'd start talking. They'd go, "Ah, from New Zealand." I had people guess New Zealand more than they guessed Australia, which, like, we're bigger. Like, we've got more exports than New Zealand do. Yeah, how come? Like, we're like people just not picking us up. Yeah, is it? I just used to think that was flight of the Concords, but that's been a few years now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. No one should have ever heard of me a while to distinguish the difference between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, that would have caused the majority of the fights at the Star and Garter. I would have thought. (laughs) (laughs) I still struggle a little bit with Canada and America. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Still, you know, I'd have to really like listen to. Oh yeah, yeah. There's certain words that they say that are really like a Northern Ireland accent. Um, and sometimes when I'm standing, if I'm over at a bar and there'd be people at the far end of the bar, I'm just you couldn't hear them, but you could see their lips move. I go, you're from Northern Ireland. Mm. I can tell by the way you're moving your mouth. And then go over and go, where are you from Northern Ireland? They're going, no, we're Canadian. And then you go, oh my God, there's real strong similarity because there's loads of people from Scotland and Northern Ireland went to Canada. Yeah. You're from, going, but anyway. <laughs> you're, you're from Papua New Guinea. I can tell by the colour of your skin yeah, and the yeah. fact that you're claiming to be French. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Backpackers, you yeah. sleazy. So uh, now you, you've explained what you did when you first came here, but I, I've heard two things about what you did when you got here. Um, is it true? Did you used to ever do, uh, what is it, the windscreen washing on Punt Road? No. No, really? No. You never did that? Wow, who started that rumour? I'll tell you exactly who told They've got you a pool cue coming to them. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly who's going to get the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the six ball in the eye. Uh, Dave O'Neill. Dave O'Neill. No, yeah. no, I used to do a joke where I... Uh, it was one of the first things I did when I came here where I, I say, I used to stand at traffic lights cleaning car windows. <laughs> oh, so Dave only was one of those people but I that, didn't have a, that believe everything yeah, that you yeah. say on stage. Or I didn't have a <laughs> like squeegee. My I didn't have a squeegee or a bucket. I just say, do you want your windows cleaned? And they say, yes. I just lean into the car and switch on their window wipers. <laughs> that was a joke. But no, I didn't actually. It was, that was a joke. He's become my mum. Yeah. Where was this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope he does, I hope he's not in charge of your Wikipedia page. Because yeah. you're going to have a lot of bizarre stuff pop up. I on have there. a lot of bizarre stuff on Wikipedia. I was a gardener, but I never, I never bought I a gardener. I read that because yeah. there was a lot I of stuff. There's a lot of stuff saying about different stories about what you did when you first got here. And it was gardener, there was uh, a quantity surveyor, there was something else as well. QS is correct. That's correct. Yeah. O'Neill loves a good story about someone starting out and not like people early on doing like not doing very well. Like, you know, he's told me dozens of times a story about Rove where he's like, oh, I've got some dirt on Rove from the early days. One time I dropped him home after a gig and he just lived in this really ordinary block of apartments. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, he was like starting out. Like <laughs> wow, we were confidential. But, but now, you know, that we found out this squeegee thing, it's probably yeah. not true at all. He probably lived in a mansion from day one. Well, he's but probably... He can talk, Dave. He did loads of shit gigs. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have he would have but that's the thing he should have known he would have seen everyone that worked at the squeegee on punt road when he was going through hungry jack's drive through yeah, every yeah, day yeah well that's funny because he's so that was either him believing everything you ever say on stage or it's him trying to stitch this podcast up massively and look yeah, at, make yeah. us look like dickheads because he's the other he's the second thing now i'm very cautious about bringing this up now that my official researcher t- turns out to be a dickhead but he also said you were right at the start of puppetry of the penis. Yes, that's true. That's true. That is true. That's yeah. the more unbelievable thing. Yes. Yeah, I could. I could tell you a great story. A name dropping going on as well. Um, 
so we went on tour with uh, Simon Morley, who... Is uh, that the name of your penis? <laughs> no, Simon Morley is the guy that did puppetry the right. penis. And I introduced him to Friendy. Simon, uh, Friendy is... Oh, Friendy's real name is Friendy. <laughs> uh, Friendy is... They were in Byron Bay, and they, they, the two of them do puppetry the penis, but they met when, I, when we were on tour. But the other guy, Simon's brother, Justin... He really started puppetry of the penis. He was, was from the cricket club. Some boys used to do it. Um, we were on tour with Eric Banner. Eric Banner was my support. Oh, so uh, you were into comedy already at this I stage? I was doing, uh, doing stand-up, and uh, Eric was the support. Justin was the tour manager. And we'd often get people coming up to me, like drunk, going, uh, tell us a joke, tell us a joke. And i go, Justin, and he'd just go, here, boy, here you go, just get dick out. <laughs> <laughs> Here's ten for you. I like really quickly, you know, distract them, and then walk away. And I'd always look around, and there would be people on the floor just going, you know, totally lost, just confused, going, "I oh, man, you just kill through sort of reactions." And I yeah, think did he know how to do that before then, or were you? Were he you was just doing. He was doing them. He had like you know, they had about twenty or thirty tricks. And then one time we were in, a, in, in the pub in Byron Bay, and. Justin did dick tricks one night. <laughs> it sounds like a uh, massive, like a James Bond smoke bomb, where it's like to get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoke bomb, boom, except that's what it was. That's what it was. Not Jamal's out the back door. <laughs> and uh, anyway, a couple of nights later, this guy turned up in the the pub here. You know, I remember it well. Sitting, we're all sitting around a table, and this guy comes up, goes, "Hey, you guys do dick tricks." <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. And it, well, well, what have you got? It, well, what have you got? And he goes, "Well." Uh, put reaches in his pocket, pulls out a list. Got the hamburg, yeah, we do that. Got the this, got then he then he starts saying, "I've got the uh, sea anemone." What the what? The what? And then he just did his pulled his trousers down, did the sea anemone, and then um, they had obscure ones that he had too. And Not they, like the mainstream sellout hamburger. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah, well, you know, they were straight off. There's a top ten, so I've done the top ten just sometimes, just. I've done the top ten that's died really badly, you know, when people just totally in shock at what you've just done. So just just to confirm, so you did these as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Did, did you ever was it just privately or did you ever perform doing them or? Uh in Broome once I went to uh I did a gig uh at the the Roy, which is this open air venue, kinda half under a marquee sort of canopy, and we did the sound check and 50 cops turned up big cops we wanted to get a photograph we got on stage they got a photograph of me because you know you boys and yeah it's a bitey party in town at the uh coffin cheaters headquarters big bitey party so of course that's where we ended up that night and at four in the morning one of the bitey's announced to the room that they had a comedian and uh he was going to get up <laughs> he's already turned the music off <laughs> They've stopped doing Would've burnouts. Gone down well. yeah. All the bikes have stopped. <laughs> it's just, right, mate. We got, it's got a comedian here. He's going to get up and tell the couple of jokes. <laughs> oh, that's what no I would like way. to hear in the bedroom. That's yeah. No way. And, and I mean, so I said, all right, I'll get, I'll, I got up on stage and dropped my trousers and did 10 dick tricks. <laughs> and these bikers were shocked. <laughs> these bikers went, that's not on. <laughs> I wanted them to even look at me. I came off. I was really laughing. 
the guy at the district goes, no, that's not what we're looking for. We've got the jokes. That's, you can't do that. That's not, that's, that's not on. You think that's funny? <laughs> <laughs> they were shocked. Oh, man, that's funny. So that's that you boys need to go out more. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you really want... That's So I guess with those guys doing dick tricks, that's the one time you can go up to someone in the toilet and go... How about this one? (laughs) 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 I if I told the story on the podcast about last year at the Adelaide Fringe, how I I went on I followed one of the puppetry of the penis dudes at a late night gig. No. We did a so you know, the Rhino Room, the late night show, it starts at like eleven PM and goes until like one or two in the morning. Um, there was one night where one of the puppetry of the penis boys was just there hanging out and they Blonde hair? Uh no. No. Maybe Simon? Simon, uh, yeah, Simon doesn't do them anymore. Oh, okay, oh, man. Who? Anyway, whoever it was. Justin, we were no. there. We went there one year. Was I there? This was last year. This is the know. start of last year. I guess when you're thinking about these guys, the name of them doesn't isn't the thing that's yeah. sticking in your head. I should have the name yeah. tattooed on the shaft <laughs> just so. But anyway, so he got up and did a spot, just a solo puppetry of the penis spot at this late night gig. He was just there hanging out and Craig, who runs the gig, was like, yeah, yeah, get on. And he went on right before me and it's like, oh, wow. you can't, like that is right a on. totally different energy to stand up. Like yep. people are just losing their minds. One bloke is in the audience is on his phone talking very loudly going, yeah, mate, yeah, I'm just here watching puppetry of the penis. It's bloody sick, eh? <laughs> and I'm just – people are electric and I'm just going, oh, my God, how am I going to follow this? And so I get up and I said this. This is credit where it's due. This was Carl Woodbury gave me this one, like told me to say this. So I get up and I go – He's um, very honourable, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would just take, take it, take it. Credit where it's due. I got up and I said, hey, guys, um, so I'm actually here doing stuff from my solo show, um, Puppetry of the Butthole. Uh, so let's get into it. This first one is called Yesterday's Hamburger, uh, which, <laughs> which credit where it's due, that saved me. That made the gig That made the gig okay. As long as I referenced and, it, I was all right. Until you actually took a shit on stage. and then you Well, not, not literally, but yeah. with some of the jokes I was doing, yeah, they could be that's, called that. That's good. That's good work. That's Because that, there's trouble that, isn't there? There was this guy, Ricky Grover, in the UK, and he did this thing with his underpants. We'd get all the different underpants to the music of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, First I was afraid, I was petrified. You know, like a little kid, you know, a nappy, and then as he gets older, and then in the disco song, it's the, uh, you know, the, the G string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then towards the end of the song, or the chorus, he's, he's Ricky's big bloke now like a real big guy yeah, yeah. he's got this big pair of underpants you know like really on a, on a bit of cardboard right. and just as it hits the word tragedy he yeah. turns it around and it's got skid mark right off the middle <laughs> tragedy and like literally we just take the you can take the roof off the place and then finish with that and then you go on after it and it was a nightmare <laughs> you know you just be just standing backstage going oh no oh no well talk about shitting your pants and turning it into a real positive that's yeah. that's really <laughs> Right. Lee Evans was the same. You know, I remember Frank Skinner telling me like doing gigs and he came out doing that sucker thing, you know, up at the walls and doing that monkey when he first started and just people would be going nuts and yep. then you got up and try and talk. Yeah. It's just not on the same <laughs> level sometimes. I um I just very quickly you mentioned Byron Bay before. Now this is a and that, like when I was in year twelve, uh, at the end of year twelve we went on schoolies week and we went to Byron Bay and you were there doing gigs that week. Like yes. I saw you ran in the street a couple of times. Yes. I'd been doing stand up for maybe six months or something at that point. And we had this friend in my group who was like, ah, oh, Jamoan's here. Let's go see Jamoan one night. Like we had this friend who was like obsessed with going to see you do a gig. And no offence, but, you know, we're, we're, we're at schoolies. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. we're all just going, be listening. dude, yeah. it'd be great, but we're, 
we're here to try and yeah. root. We're we, not like we saw him at that bikey show. It was <laughs> it put us off a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just it very funny. Night. This this one friend and it, all week he was like, so we'll, I'll I'll get the tickets, guys. And we're like. Oh, look, we'll all think, I don't know if we want to spend that much money on a ticket. And then it got to the day of and he was like, we're heading into town. He's like, so, we, so we're going to Jamoan, right? And I'm like, oh, man, I, I, just, I just don't think this is like the, really the right way to use yeah, the correct yeah. use of schoolies week. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you don't, you don't, go, to, you don't go to the Gold Coast to see, you know, Murray Field. <laughs> or, especially at the moment, I guess. But, yeah. But did you get, did you, did you get, uh, did you get, do you remember ever doing a big schoolies crowd? Yeah. But I'm fully aware of people being at a show with the wrong head on. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. The, you know. I imagine that would be a hard time to do a gig because even yeah, if people do want to see you, they'd be drinking There's listening all day involved, before. you know. Yeah, There's yeah. sometimes. Concentration. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, uh, you see a girl like girls when they're trying to pick up and talk to men they don't want to be listening to somebody talking really yeah. so they could be as distracted as blokes trying to pick up girls it's the wrong you know and there's, and there's a you know not, not laughing that people do just to show that they're fun people that they're kind of <laughs> but they're not genuinely laughing they're yeah, just yeah. to show that they have yeah a big loud laugh that draws attention and then they do good looking looking around that thing that's sort of but they're so not inside their own head or yeah. in the right mode. What's your, what's your favourite night of the week to do comedy? Because this sounds a bit That's weird. A good question. But no. it's it's in, in comedy. I I think this. You know, you got your Friday Saturday night crowds that are like, you know, a majority of them might be people like that that are just out for something yeah. to do. Whereas if you've got a midweek crowd, sometimes they're they're like they're the ones that really want to be out and see a show and concentrate on a show because you can't get drunk yeah. out of your mind on a Wednesday night. Comedy festival, you definitely notice that Fridays are. I reckon they're really tough. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. People, there's like a people, mini New Year's Eve, isn't yeah, it? They're way ahead of themselves. There's yeah. expectation. It's setting the, it's starting the weekend mm. off. They've spent all week thinking about this night. Yep. yep. And they've been I'm in the pub you. since five I'm o'clock. With you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday there's a window. people are just stoked that they're out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's a bonus. Their expectations were low. Mm. Sunday I like, uh, especially if it's an earlier gig, because mm. then that way... And also because if sometimes if they've had that Friday and Saturday big night, then they're kind of they just want to listen. They want to sit back and listen. Yeah. They don't. They're, they're not. They're not chasing anything. Yeah, they're yeah. Not, we'll do this and then go somewhere else. Like this is it. Oh, yeah, I wasn't expecting this. Oh, this is silly. Yeah. Um. So Sunday night's good. Thursday, I always thought something to do with late night shopping. It was always a bit of a tricky night. Thursday. Thursday because they were uh, maybe it was more to do with the fact that they were um, saving themselves for the weekend. I, f- I find Thursday a hard night to get people going, especially, uh, you know, just a theatre gig. This all depends where you're at, too. Sure. Like, if you're a theatre or a pub, yeah, yeah, pubs yeah. Friday and Saturday are a nightmare. Yeah. Just yeah. Full stop. Yeah. So when but you a got pub you- Sunday can be, oh, they're just, you know, getting the hair of the dog, maybe. Yeah. Not too bad. So when you got your dick out at the bikey club, what night of the week was that? Yeah. <laughs> that was Saturday night. <laughs> there you go. That was your problem. Should have yeah. done that on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. Big, or Friday. It. It might have been Friday. <laughs> Hard to know what day of the week it is in Broome, but I, we normally worked our way up and then got to Broome at the weekend. So it was either Friday or Saturday. I think oh, it was Saturday. That's your mistake. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's I, a dirty I, old road to Broome, like Port Headlands the night before, and that's really... Yeah, well, what because you travel so much because you're because you're one of the few I think successful only stand up comedians in Australia that just do like you know you do a bit of, a little bit of TV here and there and whatever but you 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 absolute meat in the sandwich is yeah stand up gigs mm-hmm. yeah you're a rarity yeah. in this country in that you're big from like stand up 
Yeah, mm. yeah, um, which doesn't happen what, that often. What's your what's your tips and tricks for being in? I mean, being on the road, like primarily airports and hotel rooms. Like, have you have you got all the tricks now? Yeah, but I still find it hard work. I still find that part of it kind of lonely and sort of grafting on the road. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, go, I'll head to the UK uh, in a couple of days' time and then, you know, just go. I, pick, I travel on my own, so I pick up a car. And uh, my sister lives in England, so that makes it kind of nice to stay with her as much as possible. She lives in central England, so I can people that I can go to that I know. But, um, yeah, as far as... Because to me, hotels... Hiring a car, like, you know, as soon as you, if, as soon as you get off the, the airplane, I'll go straight to the hire car. Yeah. And then I'll go pick up my bags. Yeah, I right. suppose those sort of tips are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You yeah. know, as opposed to waiting for your bags and then going, there's a big queue for yeah, the yeah. car. Everyone's done the same thing. Whereas if you go do all the paperwork and uh, yeah, there's ways of really like uh, he's, I have he's, two bags. I have a guitar, uh, a suitcase, and then a thing that goes on my shoulder, and that'll only come up when I'm at the airport because then I'm all hands fully stretched but the rest of the time if I can coax other people into carrying my bags it's so good <laughs> is that is that the is that the biggest moment of trust in the modern world that thing of all the bags going on the carousel there's no ID involved yeah what's to stop anyone from going up and grabbing 10 bags and going see you later everyone well now they that give you a ticket yes. they give you a ticket that's like the same number as what's on your bag like a claim ticket but no one ever checks it no like that is just a waste of paper yeah like no one's doing anything that, with it but you know yeah, yeah it's a really good point that it, sometimes there's a great opportunity for theft but no one's ever thought of it yeah, yeah. or oh my god yeah, let's so all there head you go. To, let's it, all head down to Tullamarine right yeah. now and just get some stuff. I just want to claim credit for it. If that becomes a new big thing where everyone's getting their bags stolen, just just remember the Chan man. Just yeah. Well, yeah. I, I've only just. I mean, I've done a lot of flying and stuff, and I've I've never bothered to like sign up to a points thing and claim points. And then I just went, what am I doing? So I just have recently gotten into like the Virgin frequent flyer thing, which friend of the show Nick Cody is 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 at the point where he gets the Virgin lounge thing. So we were flying back from Brisbane together last week, and you can take a guest in so I went into the, the oh. lounge with him and you know there's like all food there you can make yourself a little breakfast I've never juice. done it it's very nice but also so they've got these big tables that you can sit around and just hang out at and they had all of the day's newspapers spread out which because this was Monday morning just all of the front pages on the paper that day were like yep Malaysian Airlines flight just disappeared off the face of the earth we still don't know where it is like Oh, yeah, cool. We'll just sit down and uh, chill out before our flight by reading the uh, morning news. It's yep. good stuff. Mm, like, yep. why did they, like, um, they you know should, I'm surprised uh, they didn't just black out their headlines and just cut those sections World War out. Z, yeah. do you know that movie? Pardon me? World War Z. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a cra- an airplane crash scene in that. Yeah. When I watched it on the plane, they just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. edited that bit. Did oh, they really? They totally edited it out. Like, it's kind of, what? How come they're in the ground on what? Like, and then I oh yeah, the plane crashed. Oh, they just edited that out. Well, I that, that, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I watched. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't want people sitting there all of a sudden. Ah, <laughs> my yeah. God, that's gonna happen to us. <laughs> I watched it at the Dark Knight Rises, where it's all about blowing up New York, and I watched that on a flight going into New York, <laughs> and you're like. Why did you not pick this up? And it gave me literal nightmares. Really? On the flight. It was horrible. But, um, yeah, Tommy, given that um, disaster that's just happened and whatever, that, that was uh, – I've just bought my my parents a flight to uh, Thailand on that, that same airline. Very airline. And, uh, yeah. The same really? airline, the same – not the same 
the, the same model plane, all that sort of stuff. And, well, and my parents have never flown before, ever. If you'd, if you'd, held, out a, plane. If you'd held, held out a couple of weeks, you probably could have got those flights a little bit cheaper. Yeah, well, that's it. And um, so I, I bought flights for them and then went, oh, and then all of that happened. And I went, oh, given my mum and dad have got no concept of flying or anything like that at all, I went, oh, no. And then, so I just left it two days and hadn't heard anything. I went, oh, maybe the news didn't get to Maribyrnong. Maybe... Uh, <laughs> Maybe they haven't got the paper yet, whatever. And so they've got a pig on the loose that's taking up the yeah, uh, front page headlines. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I rang my my mum, and uh, it was like six rings. Carl's miming holding a phone at the moment. Yes. By the way. Yeah, this is great that's stuff. just a great excuse to you know a great reason to come to the live show so you can see things like this. So I, six rings. My mum picks up, and then just goes. Well, it's all over, isn't it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, uh. no! And then she's like, "What are we going to do? What's going to happen now?" And I was like, "Oh, listen, nothing's." And then she just goes, oh, "I'm joking. It's fine. You know, oh, it's oh, fine." She got you. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, she got me. And then when, actually, why are you getting me? Like, this is your first time on a plane. You should be panicked. Yeah, you shouldn't be making jokes with me. Yeah, I have a reoccurring dream on a plane as it's. Uh, or either taking off, which is often when I'm sleeping, or on foot. But it's a, it was a reoccurring thing, and I really got to the heart of what it was. Which was, do you know, like a car park, the the ramp that you go up? Yes. Uh, a massive one. Yeah. That a plane is on, but it's flying up it, but it's flying up a ramp, and the wings are really close to the edge of the concrete wall, but right. it's massive. And then you enter into the car park, and then you go down into a viaduct, but it's massive, but you're just touching the top of it's touching almost the bottom of it's you know everything is totally surrounded by concrete and it's that sense of trust i think right. that's what the dream means you just have to relax oh. and trust this experience because i'm i was putting myself into your head then and going oh you know you're going up gee, you don't want the the wings to but it's already flying it's already yeah oh, it's already flying it's already flying up the up the ramp it's not it's like already you know in, in motion coming in so what does that mean that tr- you said trust does that mean because yeah, that's the feeling oh my god I said, what if it touches the con- what if it, right. nothing happens you know it's all over but it's a sense of being in this situation and relaxing in it going oh I'm flying into this viaduct through you know well I've got a similar dream my ongoing dream is that I run out on the soccer field and I'm wearing jeans and then the referee says you can't wear them and sends me off. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty similar. It's all the about trust. The stakes are a little Slightly bit lower in that one. Martin Luther's. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one for years and years. I can't get rid of it though. Just wearing jeans on the I side of the dream. <laughs> I have a shit dream. <laughs> Carl Chandler. Well, I'm into, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but it's coming into comedy festival time. So, my, my dreams at the moment are all, it's opening night of comedy festival and I'm fucked. Like, a recurring one I have is the stage that I'm doing the show on is a bouncy castle. So I can't, like, I can't stand on it properly. It's like, a hu- <laughs> you know, like when, when something inflatable deflates a little bit. So you kind of sink right. through it a bit more and it's harder to get footing on it. Right. I have dreams where the microphone cord is really, really short. So yeah, I have it up to my mouth. They're and floundering dreams. Yeah, like floundering, floundering dreams. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same it's the same things. Another uh, one that I find quite funny that I have every year is it's opening night. I haven't written a single word of the show. I get up in the morning and go, I've got a day. I've got a day. 
I can I can write an hour of something in a day. It's not necessarily going to be any good, but I'll have something that fills time yeah. in a day. And then you cut to me later in the day just sitting and watching other people's shows before my show. So I'm in the audience going, what are you doing? <laughs> Go and write something. Which I quite like that I that, that you'd do that. Like I find yeah. that very funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's the stress. Peter Rosethorn used to this dream that people were trying to get into the car, but he was trying to lock the door, but he couldn't quite hit the button. He would hit the... The button, either side of the button, he kept missing that button, right. and I yeah. really identify with that feeling of you know, trying to run, but you can't get away. Yeah. You can't yeah. your leg, you're kind of spinning. I'm trying to dial a phone in a dream, and then and you know the number, but you're always you just keep putting it in one digit wrong and going. Well, that, that's when I can become again. aware of a dream when I know that the dream's a dream. Oh. when I try to read in a dream. Yep. Yeah. Total jumble. I can't read in a dream. Because so in the dream, I picked up a paper and I'm looking, and this is all. Oh yeah. Oh, this is a dream because I can't read any of these words. <laughs> these are all jumbled. Because doesn't that? I might be wrong. Doesn't that use the other side of the brain that you dream with, so that you can't read or do numbers or whatever in oh, your wow. dream? I think that that's a thing. Right. Yeah. That's you. You. You can't. You cannot. You. Yeah. If you get said an essay in a dream. You are in trouble, my friend. Yeah. Because you are not going to be able to do it. You're going to fail your entrance exams in your dream. I have... My father does this where he will talk strongly about his dream when he wakes up in the morning. Like, sit down and go, oh, yeah, I was on the top of a horse and you were kind of like a little pony. And like you know, he'll, but, but he'll be talking to you with that intensity of it being more important than the life we're living yeah no. yeah yeah right yeah i don't know if you have this with all the hotel stuff but this is my favorite thing with a hotel like especially those newer hotels that have the blinds that just go you can actually turn your room into complete darkness yeah like I, yeah you can't do that here but in those hotel rooms and you just that feeling of waking up and not knowing what time it is you can Where legitimately you trick your body yeah because here there's enough light to, to tell me to tell my body subconsciously at seven o'clock you better get up you know, those casinos or whatever you can sleep you got up at seven well yeah yeah i wake up at seven clang yeah sorry i'm <laughs> a bit of a big pm we're talking <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if you can get tricked you can trick your body into getting up at like one in the afternoon yeah that's my favourite thing about about like a casino or something. I hate like. I hate sleeping in too late though because you just go oh man. What time do you go up, Tommy? Oh nine ish usually. Yeah. That's my kind of man. Yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. You're the same. That's never worked in an office. No, I would get nine, but no, I have a kid, so I'm up oh, okay. at seven ish. But I find it hard to get out of bed. I think the the hardest thing that anyone does in their life on a regular basis is get out of bed. That's yeah. the thing that's the, the hardest thing, you know. Yeah. Just start trying to do things when you're not quite awake. And yeah. Well, that's my, my, my thing is why I get up at seven or whatever is because I lead the lifestyle of, you know, that we do where you're out at night and you're working. You might finish working at 11 o'clock or whatever. You need that time to cool down afterwards. Yeah. So you go to bed at one or two in the morning. And then my girlfriend will wake up at 6.37 and go, we're all getting up now, aren't we? <laughs> we're all getting up. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if you know, I'm, I'm on a different time to you. And she's like, no, nah, you're not. Yeah. No, nah, we're all getting up because I have to get up. So we're up. Yeah. That's it. But it never gets to be the other way around. So it's like, well, we have, I have to get up at 6.37. But it's never that thing of me getting home at 2 going, we're all up though, yeah. aren't we? You yeah. know, we all just finished stand-up comedy, didn't we? We're all cooling down. No, we didn't. Yeah. No, I'm I, just an arsehole. Yeah, I, I came in the other night and um, I think I took my shoes off. It was late. My girlfriend was asleep and I accidentally like kicked my shoe. Like I made a little bit of noise and I just hear my girlfriend go, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. you're not allowed. When's midnight here in Riversdale? It's uh, tonight. Wednesday. Put the put Thursday. Put the bin. Uh, no, no. 
Oh, it's Wednesday today, isn't it? No, I just put Thursday. the video out. It's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, it's today. Mm, I just you get that, you that look. Today? You get that look. If I missed midnight, you actually looked terrified. No, you know why? Because everyone <laughs> in this apartment block hates me. Um, I've I've done something. For lots to, of reason. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's the bins. <laughs> it's got anything to do with the bins. Seven. seven. <laughs> I've done something over time to alienate myself from everyone. So now there's like little old ladies that you, I used to think I'm doing the right thing by saying hello to them when they're passing. They are on purpose snubbing me now. They're averting their gaze from me. Might have something not, to do with yeah, regularly having upwards of three people sitting around having loud conversations yeah. in your apartment. No, maybe it's. No? I, I think it's the bins because. They, I've Maybe they've got their own podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look up iTunes right now for the Anti Chandler podcast. Yeah. yeah, no, they they really don't like me. I think it's got. I never put the bins out, so I'm I'm trying to win but them back at the care? moment. What do they care? What do they care if you don't because put the bins out? they're old people that have got nothing to do but sit here and think about who lives in the apartment block. That's where they. That's the truth. That's what they do when you don't have another life. Nice view from this window. Can I just say that? Yeah, yeah it is. I just saw three. Galar's not Galar, but um, Rosella's just come through there. Yeah. And if that's not enough for you, we can see uh, Carl's underpants drying on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on the rack outside. It's oh, yeah, very yeah. nice. That might be another reason they don't like me. They have and a shirt four with pants written on it. But yeah. yeah, it's not. It's a shirt. They have sent me four official warnings not to put my washing out on the on the. Really? Balcony there. Yep. So really, you're not allowed to put your washing on the balcony. Yeah, that's what that's they say. Good. Oh, see, I don't like that rule. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't like you either then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's silly. Yeah. It's like a I think I, I, that's a sense of, uh, you know, that's hard. Uh, that's <laughs> a, but that's a sense that there, there's people living here. It can't be too yeah. sterile. Yeah. I lived in a flat that used to go off with that. And by the way, you're you're not hanging it over the rails. You've got your own little yes. your own little stand and that, you know, and it's just catching the light. You've got it in the sun. Yeah. I know. What do you pay rent for? That's, yeah. you know, these... These balconies are there for that. You yeah. should get a bunch of T-shirts printed up with just awful, disgusting imagery on it, and yeah. then hang that up yeah. out the f- outside. That'd yeah. give them something to complain about if they could see just some I've, just some real smut on the front I, of a shirt. I'd, I'd turn up at a body corporate meeting or something <laughs> like that. I would. That would get me going. <laughs> well, I've noticed that they. I've had clothes fly off the line just there and go downstairs and go missing or whatever, and then I've seen my clothes turn up on other people's lines around here. So they've. These people oh. that are probably hating me are wearing my clothing. <laughs> <laughs> if I turn up at the body corporate to complain about the washing line and they're all dressed like hey. me. They're just doing that to really get into the mind, just really inhabit the body of someone who could be such a bad yeah. tenant. Yeah. yeah. I have socks that have gone on big journeys through friends that have stolen them. Right. And done laps of the world. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, kept, and I got the socks back off him, but oh, I'm thinking, really? yeah, you got, and then you stole them in Australia, and now I've got them back off you in London, and, <laughs> yeah. you know. Full of postage stamps. Yeah. 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 I'll, like, I'll go to music festivals with mates where you camp over for the weekend, and I always end up, half of my stuff goes missing, but I just end up with a whole bunch of other people's stuff that I don't know where it's come from. And, yeah. like, all my friends are the same. It's kind of like this, become this unofficial swap meet where... No one bothers to go, oh, who's got my jacket? Everyone just goes, well, you know what? I got a nice hat. Yeah. I lost that pair of socks. That yeah. all balances yeah. out. A friend of mine gave me a pair of socks. They were musical socks, jingle bells, the little thing you push to the side and it goes, jingle bells. And uh, I had a bar of socks off him and he jokingly, I could tell by the smirk on his face as he gave them to me, there was something wrong with the socks. <laughs> and because you bumped them, they just go, jingle bells, jingle bells. Anyway, I, of course, I've done the same thing to a friend of mine. He needed the socks, and I've given him those. And <laughs> Those socks, did, you know, they're the best life. They've been yeah. around the world, I don't know, how they're many on, times. They're on tour, yeah. They've never had anyone wear them that 
aren't angry though. Like it's always they're always being filled by someone going, "Ah, oh, shit, these ones." Yeah. Dave O'Neill told I me he found vi- those socks on Punt Road. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yes, he tells lies. <laughs> But I often feel sorry for clothes that just don't get out anymore. You know the way they used to have a life. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you see them in the cupboard and you go, oh, you just don't, you're not getting out as much. Yeah. There's a shirt that's now in front of you. That yeah, it's sad. You were so excited when you got it and you were like, there was your crisp new thing that you mm. wore out and then it's like, I got nothing or for you pair, anymore. Or a shirt that you take on tour but you never take out of the suitcase. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel yeah. sorry for it because yeah. you didn't even get out and you go, oh, you just didn't cut it, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you see, it came so close, made yeah. it out of the drawer, into the suitcase, yeah. round the world, and then back into the drawer again. Didn't get one night out. Yeah, yeah. the people of Bundaberg don't deserve you. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't wear a shirt in Bundaberg too hard. <laughs> so that's topless comedy gig in Bundaberg. Yeah. <laughs> nipples out. Yeah. Puppetry well, of the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that is just about all the time we have for the little Dum Dum Club this week. Jamon, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, thank you, Carl. You are not doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year. No. But you're Next year I will. do a bunch of UK stuff. Off the UK um, uh, on Monday and then... Uh, you're back for a bunch of New South Wales gigs and Queensland gigs? Queensland yeah, gigs. doing two at the M Moor in Sydney. Ah, excellent. Uh, uh, doing two in the one night because I'm doing... Filming uh, a DVD. I don't even want there will be DVDs by the time it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just filming it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'll be back for a while and then going to Edinburgh. If anybody's going to Edinburgh. Oh, great! In Bris- in Brisbane in May. Um, no, in Scotland in August. Oh, uh, yes, I am in. Uh, I am in Brisbane in May. Yes. <laughs> the Brisbane Edinburgh Fringe Festival that they've started up yes, just no, to be confusing. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, we've got the a powerhouse. Yeah, great venue. I love the powerhouse. I love getting the water water ferry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do that. That's excellent. That's my day. Uh, We've got all our stuff on sale for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Live podcasts every Sunday. Already a couple of sweet guests booked in. It's going to be heaps of fun. Plus our own solo shows every night of the festival. LittleDumDumClub.com for all the info and tickets. Guys, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time. See See you, mates. mates.